0: Welcome to this week's episode of Couch Quarterbacks, where me and Ben talk about the NFL from the only place we know how to our couches. Well, I'm not on a couch, I'm in a chair actually right now, but you guys kind of get the idea here. Uh, Don't follow us at couch underscore QBs on Twitter. Talk with us during games uh, during the weekend. And uh, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast, review it, give it five stars on Apple Podcasts, uh, leave a nice review. Um, and yeah, we'll just, uh, we'll go from there. We had a pretty, pretty, uh, I would say it wasn't, not a dull week four, but it wasn't the most exciting slate of games, but it was a pretty consequential week, at least for one franchise who beat my favorite franchise in the playoffs last year. So I, this was a nice turnaround to see me, but the Houston Texans lost their game to the Minnesota Vikings and the battle of 0-3s that we talked about last week. The Vikings are not done. They saved their season for now, at least, getting to 1-3. But the real story is Bill O'Brien was fired yesterday from all three of his jobs as co- head coach, general manager, offensive coordinator, whatever other team chef, I don't know, whatever other role that they gave him there. Um, and the Texans are 0-4. And, 4, and uh, yeah, so what was your reaction to hearing about the Bill O'Brien news, Ben? Okay, so you have to fire Bill O'Brien. When you look at this,
1: just from a talent aspect, there's no way the Texans should have lost this game. The, the reason the Texans lost this game was just coaching. Bill O'Brien is, might be one of the worst coaches, slash PM, slash offensive play callers that we've seen in a very long time. And the fact that he had that many jobs at this organization and single-handedly wasted the first four weeks of the season, is just unexcusable, and I mean, good for Deshaun
0: Watson. He deserves better, and I think everyone agrees. Uh, yeah, um, I think we've been talking about that about for Deshaun ever since the trade was made for uh, to get rid of DeAndre Hopkins, right? Like, hundred percent. Everybody was just like, "All right, poor Deshaun, this is this is ridiculous." At this point, the Tunzel trade was. We, we don't have to relitigate all the mistakes that Bill O'Ryan's made, but there's a lot of roster decisions that he made that have just don't make any sense. They haven't worked out for the team. I mean, they really haven't. And Will Fuller,
1: he seems to be getting better week to week, which is promising at least. But yeah, I just think that when you have Deshaun Watson and you have a decent group of guys they're un- I mean, they're just underperforming. There's no other way to put it. They're just not doing what, it's just not acceptable to be have Deshaun Watson, who everyone, I mean, consensus seems like he's a generational talent in the league and you go 0 four. Yeah. I just, I mean, you can't do anything with that. You gotta, you gotta restart. And then I read the story of JJ watt and the defensive coordinator, apparently getting into a verbal argument with Bill O'Brien. And if there's anyone you don't want to fight with on the Texans, it's the face of the franchise in J.J. Watt, who I feel like everyone in Houston loves because he's been around there the longest, obviously. And I feel like he's the biggest leader on that def- on the defense, 100%. And maybe just for the whole team in general, I think that he probably is a bit more outspoken than Deshaun Watson even.
0: Yeah, and that coming out today was, I mean, once, once I saw that, I was like, okay, admit this dude clearly had to go because if you lost if you lose your as much as they lo- he had already lost to Sean we I think we know that that relationship probably wasn't that great um I mean maybe and maybe they respected each other whatever but it wasn't good for it was it was a toxic relationship toxic football relationship for sure for, especially for Deshaun but uh JJ Watt is respected around the league like that's the Walter Payton award winner like the greatest man in the league yeah known he's to be a getting good guy, pissed at you yeah yeah like you definitely fucked up so It's really, I mean, in the NFL, we know all it comes down to is quarterback play, right? Like that's, that's what matters in the NFL is the quarterbacking and Deshaun is a, should be a top five quarterback in the league. And they just have built, they haven't built around him properly. Deshaun lost. I mean, if you look at a quarterback versus quarterback, Deshaun lost to Kirk Cousins.
1: Yeah. But we all know that Deshaun Watson is a much better quarterback than Kirk Cousins. So where do you look next? Or maybe the fact that they got 130 yards put on them by Dalvin Cook. Come on. I just don't think that Bill Bryan he's, he's just bad for the team. And I think everyone knew that even. Once he treated DeAndre Hopkins, everyone knew he was bad for the team, and they just kept him around. And I think this is the what happens when you just keep – you just keep a guy that you just believe way too much in one coach, because that's 100 percent what it is. I mean, you can't have a head coach who's not a who's not even a great or proven head coach be your GM and then also be the one calling the plays on offense. That's horrible. Bad franchises
0: do that. So we. Usually reserve this spot to talk about the best late window game. That was the most interesting early game for us. Well, not the most interesting. Your game was the most interesting, but we'll get to that later. The late window, I guess the Bills and Raiders was probably the most interesting game, but we're going to talk about that later. And the national game was Colts Bears. That was one of the worst football games I've seen. I didn't see all of it, but I had it on the other TV, and it was probably one of the worst football games I've watched in my life. Like it was. Just we got to see fic- a lot most of America had to watch that. I didn't- I'm so sorry, guys. We got to see a lot of um, Rodrigo Blankenship, at least. A lot. A lot of his goggles. A lot were- of field goals.
1: A lot of <laughs> Philip Rivers talking shit to people. He turned
0: the corner on
1: you. like really A lot stuff.
0: of disappointment from Nick Foles. There's just a lot of ducks, a lot of Nick Foles ducks in this game you know scoring 11 points. I know that an in Indy's defense has been good all year and they are a good defense they're 3 and 1 for a reason and they they rely on that defense but 11 points at home bro like come on what what are we doing here you had Could, Mitch, Mitch couldn't do this Mitch couldn't go 16 of 20 or or 26 of 42 for 249 touchdown pick like I don't think that and I was listening to a podcast the other day and they brought up a good point about Mitch in the second half of that Falcons game. It's like, you didn't even let him play in the best time to play against the Falcons. Like no the second half is when the Falcons give up. Like you, anybody can come back against the Falcons in the second exactly. half. So they fell in love with Foles because they clearly just wanted to give up on Trubisky as soon as they could. And this is what you get like this. And what, what do you do now? You can't go, you go back to Mitch eventually. Like, I'm sure that they're going to give this Foles thing a couple more weeks, but the early signs were not encouraging and they have another big game on a short week this week. So this is something I actually hadn't
1: seen until I just pulled it up in front of me here. Do you know how many yards that the Chicago bears have in running? God 28. Yeah, that's brutal. 28 yards on 16 attempts. You can't win a football game. With a it. subpar quarterback like that, <laughs> with Nick Foles, who is not yeah, who's not known for being the best quarterback in the league, shocker, yeah. And you put up a net total of twenty eight rushing yards. You don't belong, and yeah, you can't win a game. You can't win a game like that. That's horrible. I I, I can't believe I just saw that.
0: This is the first time I looked that's at a, that's it. That's the other thing about Mitchell is like I give him I give that guy so much shit because he deserves it and because he got picked ahead of Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson. But he can run the ball. He adds an element to his offense that they are and a forty-five-yard run that they're clearly missing. <laughs> he had a run last week that was longer than
1: the total yardage on Sunday.
0: Yeah, and so come on, it's just you score eleven points after you make a big bold quarterback change. These dudes got to be. If I don't know what this team's going to end up like this year. I mean, they're three and one right now, but do we expect them to beat the Bucs this week? Probably not. Like I would say that no. Brady and that team should be able to handle the Bears on the road, whatever. Um, if this team goes seven and nine, like all these guys should be gone. Matt Nagy should be gone. Mitchell should be gone. And Foles should be gone. And seven and like, nine doesn't even put you in a good position to draft any good quarterbacks. No, but I think that, I don't think that they can, I don't think that if you're Ryan Pace, if he still has a job, even the GM, you can look at, this team and be like we're going in a positive direction no. right now they have no idea what to do with quarterback because if they were
1: going in a positive direction they would just stick with Mitch Trubisky, and you just take the, the whatever inconsistency you, that you're going to have and just hope that hopefully he progresses because this season is a wash i think for the bears i think that and it's funny they're three and one where there's like, three yeah, yeah they're done. it's funny to say that, that it's a wash but i think that <laughs> i mean you gotta you have to there's
0: a I d I don't know how they're three and one. I don't because know. Because they looked horrible. horrible. I think it's just I think they're one of the teams that are benefiting from the fact that like the schedule is there was no preseason and everything and they just came out. I mean, first of all, they played the Lions, the Giants, and the Falcons the first three weeks. Those three those might be the three of the worst teams in football this year. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So it's not like we're talking about them beating every heavy hitters. This is the first good team they played this week is Indy, and they lost their schedule coming up. Their next five, listen to this next five games, six games before they're by. It is Tampa at home at Carolina. That's not an easy game. Clearly at LA. No, they're going to get killed. They're going to get killed by home to the Saints at Tennessee. Hosting the Vikings on Monday Night Football, they could lose all six of those games very easily. Are you looking and then after check? their bye week, it's at Green Bay Sunday Night Football. We're gonna learn a lot about this team in the next couple of weeks, and I I'm think glad, glad you guys got a rest. Fun. You got to go play against uh, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, hey, yeah, that Rams game is also Monday Night Football too in LA. So, really? speaking of the other terrible late window game, was the LA Rams who just. Uh, they used all their points in Buffalo, I guess, in the comeback and just decided that it wasn't worth it against the, the Giants. Yeah, um, this team this <laughs> didn't really make much sense to me. I don't really know why the Rams didn't. They look- couldn't run the ball. The Rams couldn't run the ball, um, which they, the first couple weeks, their offense is looking so great. They ran all over the Bills, ran all over everybody the first couple weeks, and they just couldn't. And the Giants, Devontae Freeman had a decent game. Wayne Gallman had a decent game. But yeah, this was just like, like I thought this at least had some potential for some chaos. This game and it was just terrible. Also, just nothing happened. Yeah, I thought the Rams were the
1: score on them. I, I'm surprised to see that it only ended up being 17 to nine. Yeah,
0: but there's not really a lot to say about that. That's, no, that's kind of that We kind of expected uh, Sunday Night Football was a little more eventful. I guess it still wasn't a great affair. It wasn't a. It wasn't an entertaining quarterback matchup or anything like that. We had Nick Mullins looking horrible. Um, But Greg Kittle or Greg Kittle, George Kittle coming back was like, he literally looked like Gronk in his prime, like 15 catches, 183 yards. Like that's absolutely absurd. And his quarterback was horrible. Yeah,
1: clearly. Um, George Kittle, I think just wants to put the entire team on his back and
0: just become Gronk.
1: He already is.
0: Yeah. Dude, he goes to this he he like he wants people to hit him like as hard as they can. Oh yeah. I, it's I, so crazy. Like he never goes out of bounds. He won't go down ever. He just will just run people over at every single chance he gets.
1: Yeah, and I just I'm not a huge fan of George Kittle. I think he's kinda corny. He is a little corny. But he's but a hell of a fucking football player. That's just that's just I mean, you I no disrespect. He's just he plays football so aggressively and there's so like, it's really hard to find guys who just want to put their head down and run through people, which is weird to say it's the NFL, but George Kittle loves to put his head down and block and people. people out of the, like just pancake. Oh, he eats up blocking more than anything. I love in the it. World. And, it's, and, and that's the thing I love the most because most of these tight ends in the NFL now are so soft and won't, <laughs> <laughs> they are, they can either tight block end. or they can catch It's one or the other. They can't do both. George Kittle is one of the rare breeds who's willing to put a guy on his back and then go out and run a a fade route and just like stiff arm a guy out of bounds. Like, and I love it. I love that kind of football. His personality is a a little bit much, but I can't knock it. If he's out there putting up points, like, yeah.
0: Yeah. He's a stud, but 183 yards. Like, come on. I mean, it's, it's a single pass. It'll be nice when they get uh, Jimmy back, even though Jimmy hasn't been great. Just somebody that looks competent to get him the ball, and that's why there's that's why they can still be in games. They lost this game, which we I guess we haven't even mentioned that part yet, but they yeah. lost this game to the Eagles. Um, it's Carson Wentz because back? of Nick Mullins. No, Carson Wentz is not back. I don't think this game <laughs> taught us anything. about it. I think it was just Nick Mullins failing to do like that. Pick six was horrible. Um just failing to do normal quarterback things like same thing as the Patriots game like when you have a quarterback playing like that you can't it's so hard to win I was actually impressed by the Niners in that game because I thought they controlled most of that game they just couldn't get out of their own way a lot of times and the Eagles wanted to give that game up like the Eagles the Eagles were hoping to choke that game away and they snuck a win by and now they're one two and one and leaders in the division but i don't embarrassing you you don't feel any better about the eagles do you because i don't i feel worse i don't feel bad the nfc east i just feel bad it makes me feel sad when i think about the nfc east how long has carson Wentz been in the league this is his fifth year fifth year and i still don't know if he's a good
1: fourth or fifth and i still don't know if he's a good quarterback because he does these ups and downs where sometimes he looks like he's the best quarterback I won't say ever, but he looks like a top, like a top 10 quarterback. And there's other times where he just looks horrible and looks like he doesn't know what he's doing. And last year I gave him a pass because he didn't have anyone to throw to. Still doesn't have much to throw to. I think this is fifth year. This is fifth year. Damn. Still doesn't have much to throw to, but I still think that like, you got to have some,
0: you got to have something, right? He just, there's just something that doesn't click with him. Like the talent is there, but it's just like the recognition just isn't like, he's just not a bright, like not, not that he's not a smart guy, but there's a lot of the the things you notice with the greats is that the play recognition, like they, they make plays happen with their eyes. Yeah. It's everything seems to be in flow. Carson Wentz is never making plays. Happens with his eyes. He needs a wide open receiver down the field that he can just yuck the ball to. Like he's not making those like mental plays that we see great quarterbacks make. Like Mahomes is great. Those these are great because Mahomes will stare down your safety and then just unleash a bomb to Tyreek Hill on the other side. You had no idea he even yeah. knew he was there. there. Carson Wentz is he can't do that. No, and that's where I think that they get down. But they, it was a good win. I mean, that was a good. They needed defenses, They needed a win. They took advantage of playing a backup quarterback. And that's what you need. You need to win games like that. They play she, the Steelers this week on the road. They're going to lose that game. We'll talk about it more later. But I, there's no way they beat this, that defense. What, what's Carson Wentz going to do against the Steelers defense? Lose. I just think we're just going to be in this constant loop with these NFC teams. It's just going to be fucking embarrassing for those that division and the NFC in general. 100%. But um, let's move on to the Monday night doubleheader after Cam Newton on Saturday tested positive for COVID-19. Uh, he was unable to play, and the game got pushed back a day. But the rest of the teams played, which – All right, so here's – I'm just going to ask this question because isn't the whole thing about COVID testing is that all the symptoms like develop and it, we, infection like, develops like at different times, like the incubation period and everything? And that Today we found out that Stefan Gilmore tested positive for yeah, COVID as well. Yeah, but I saw a
1: picture of Stefan Gilmore dapping up Pat Mahomes. Exactly. After
0: the game. So I I don't know. But you knew that there was a team member on that team that had coronavirus and the answer was let's push it back a day and now there's another guy. Like, wouldn't it make how like if you don't know the incubation, shouldn't if somebody if you're around somebody, you're supposed to quarantine for 14 days. Correct. There had to have been players in close contact with Cam Newton. There's no way I, I don't know how. I think the NFL it's, needs it's to just. Unexpl- if a team has a test, positive test, I think that team needs to close their facilities and not play for a week. I'm still waiting for the
1: book or documentary that comes out about this season, where players <laughs> are like, "Oh yeah,
0: we knew we had it, but like we just, we just
1: kept like going." The Titans, the same thing.
0: The Titans today, if we find out. We'll talk about them later. We'll talk but about it later. I have a lot to say. The it's. Like it's that we, sh- I guess we gave too much credit for the NFL to be able to pull this off as seamlessly as the NHL and NBA were able to because MLB didn't do it seamlessly. We knew no. that, and we knew that the NFL w- was going to have more issues with just the roster size and personnel and everything that they have. And the first couple of weeks were nice, man. It was nice. It was like, oh, maybe they're maybe they figured this out, but uh it just it's so bringing- Brian Hoyer gets the start. Yeah, so let's just. I just wanted to go on that little rant because if now, now that the fact that Stefan Gilmore is positive and we don't, now we have to go through this whole ordeal again, why did they even play this game? Why, what was the point? Yeah, you especially know?
1: when you, when you push back the Titans Steelers game.
0: Yeah. So just, why do
1: you risk having this
0: game? Is it because it's the best, it's the best because they have the no, eye, it's because they have no fucking, eye. yeah, honestly, probably because of the money and it was the big game that they wanted to show. Also, because they have no fucking clue what they're doing, <laughs> no. And they're acting. They we they, we thought that they were. They did, and they clearly are just out of the loop as everybody else. And we'll see what happens. But we'll go to the game. Brian Hoyer, yes. Brian Hoyer gets to start. What do we expect, Bunny? Yeah. Um, I mean, it was this pretty this bad. Is, it's, I mean, <laughs> the
1: the most impressive thing of this game should be the the fact that the Patriots' defense held up as good as it did. And it sounds weird when you lose by 16 to say that the defense held up well. But, I mean, this Kansas City team easily could have put 50 on them. But you would think, with, with them not having any kind of offensive control, you would think that they would just be shooting off on these quick plays. But, I mean, the fact – I mean, they put up 13 in the fourth quarter. So it was a ball game up until the fourth quarter. And yeah. I, I, I just think you got, you got to get some props where. I mean for the defense, but other than that, I don't know if there's any great takeaways.
0: It was the takeaway that I have from it a lot, the other the takeaway that I have from it that I was thinking about just during the entire of that game is that if Cam was there, it's a game because build set up had a game plan for Mahomes ready and gave him I agree. Gave him a lot just gave him a lot of issues and gave Andy Reid a lot of issues not that they weren't moving the ball, but just like in key situations, just conf- confusing him. And I wonder if that's a blueprint other teams will be able to use. I mean, Bill's so smart. That team's so smart. I don't know if other teams will be able to replicate things that they are able to do, but I mean, it, it it's it's something to look forward to with the chiefs in the next couple weeks they have i mean a couple big matchups they uh, next thursday they play in buffalo and the bills are a good defense too like are the bills going to be able to copy some of those things and at least slow it down and be able to score more than the brian hoyer scored like it's a it's a and and if new england doesn't about what they were able to do to mahomes and the thing is if new england doesn't have three turnovers do they win this game well, that's what I'm talking like with the 49ers game too. Like if Mullins isn't so, if Brian Hoyer isn't so horrible in that game, <laughs> they're in the game, right? It was only 19-10 until the pick six happened. Correct. So you just, I mean, it's weird.
1: It's weird that the Chiefs looked like vulnerable there, mm-hmm. and they look like they might
0: have a chink in their armor. Six fly. to three at halftime, like. It was just a. It was just like, wow, is Bill re- Bill with Brian Hoyer is really making this not a compelling game, really, but making it giving the Patriots a chance to win. Like we know he's always going to give him a shot in the end. Like they were still in that game to the very end. And that's what we can always expect with them. Yeah, the game that I was more happy to
1: watch was the Packers taking on the Falcons. Yeah, I I love the Packers. The Packers are my new. I I love them. I want to see them win the NFC. One of my favorite teams to watch watching Aaron Rodgers play football is just an absolute pleasure. Yeah, especially when I mean, you see some of these quarterbacks, they just look so incompetent and Aaron Rodgers just never looks even shaken a little bit. Always confident, always just throwing balls seamlessly to people. And it's just everything's just in flow for him this season. And I love what I'm seeing.
0: Yeah, they the pack look like they're just rolling and they're going to be a team. I can't wait to see them play in some of these big games that they have this year because they look like just we've talked about it the last couple of weeks but just there there's so much cohesion there now. And Rodgers and- Really is figured. And I think Rodgers, this is the thing I've noticed too. Because, you know, there's no fans, obviously, everywhere. Yeah. I think Aaron Rodgers is taking <laughs> advantage of the no fans more than anybody else because that dude can manipulate every single thing on the field. He's so damn smart. And like, the hard count. Everyone always. that's everyone Exactly. Always, like, the the hard, hard count, too. <laughs> no, but I'm not even talking about the hard count. I'm just talking about the communication that he can have now without any crowd noise. He's probably just creating plays at, at the line.
1: Yeah. No, he's. He's an absolute wizard. I I love watching him play. Um, and how good do we think Aaron Jones is? He's gotta be one of the top five backs in the
0: league at this point.
1: I love watching him play football too. He runs the ball well yeah. and he catches well on the backfield. Yeah. What else do you want out of a running back?
0: I know. It's and, and, and is he, that is and that he's maybe? powerful and he's got some speed and yeah. he's got some like he's got everything you want. Yeah. And and is
1: that a little bit of Aaron Rodgers spreading the field out? Maybe. But who cares? Yeah. <laughs> like it, it's it's working for him. It's totally putting up the yard. It definitely yeah. helps, but yeah. And on the other side of the ball, the Falcons—they're done. They should be doing what the Texans just did. Dan Quinn is one hundred and ten percent on the hot seat. Yeah, I think yeah. that he might be one of the next people we see leaving. Maybe not. Maybe he makes it to the end of the year. But
0: Owen Forshew, Gase should be there. But I think, I, just, <laughs> I, I think Dan Quinn is uh, – I think he's pretty close. He was pretty close last year, and they were able to stave it off and play well at the end. I don't know if he'll get that benefit, uh, the same benefit this year. Yeah, and I think the, the only reason Gase won't get fired is because that organization is just horrible. Oh, yeah. They're starting Joe like, Flacco. Can we talk about that for a second? Because the Jets are starting Joe Flacco this week. Like, Sam Darnold has never had a shot on this fucking no, team. No, and you've like, just given up on your development. Oh, 110% my God. start the guy who's how
1: old is Joe Flacco?
0: It's so predictable for this organization to do this because the jets are such a shit show. Flacco is 33, 32, 33, right? What yeah, is, maybe, what is you know, maybe, maybe he'll progress into being the next top five quarterback in the league. They are Owen four and they picked this dude. It is his third year and they picked him three. I think Sam Darnold could be very good. I still Tom believe was in the same draft. No, he was in the Josh Allen draft.
1: Oh, that's right. That's right.
0: Yeah. Josh Allen Baker, all of them. He could still be very good. I truly believe that he needs to be a little less reckless, but I think the reason he's so fucking reckless all the time is because his team is trash and he's trying to make things happen. Like, I don't think, I don't, I think it's just as much of him being like, if I don't try to squeeze this throw in here, we're not going to move the ball down the field. If he was in a good team, good organization, I think he would be a very good, not very good, but at least a solid starter in the league. And it's someone that you could probably build a team around with this shit show. And Adam Gase is fucking idiot. That's their head coach. He had no
1: shot. <laughs> and the thing is, I think that this is going to sound maybe a little stupid. I think that he really wants to win. Like a lot more that's than That's what I mean. People well, get no, like He's more. trying
0: to save his job now. That's why he's starting Flacco. Well, he no, wants to win games, right? No, not Gase. Not Gase. I'm talking about. Are we talking about Darnold? Darnold. Yes. Talking yeah, to Sam Darnold. The fact Darn- that Sam
1: Darnold got through to the turf and I thought his shoulder fell out. Mm hmm. And he came back. Like he could have easily said, "I'm staying in the tent. I'm not going back out there." And what's he do? He goes back out there. Yeah. He he looked banged up, like bad. Like I was worried for him. And he went back out there. So I mean, you have to give respect where respect is due, but you're not respecting him by putting in Joe Flacco.
0: No, I respect Sam Darnold, and I hope that this is his uh, this. I hope they get rid of him. I hope. Yeah. Been, I've been thinking about it since I saw the news earlier. I was trying to think of places because it's like same with Dwayne Haskins who we'll talk about in a second too. Um, just like it's hard for those dudes to get opportunities again as a starter, right? Like we just saw this with Josh Rosen. He went to Miami and it never got a chance again really, right? Yeah. But there's two teams that popped into my head. The first team is the Jacksonville Jaguars. If they don't, if they're too good this year, If they don't like Gardner, if they're like, you know what, Gardner's not the answer, but they're too good to get one of those top guys. I think him, I think if you build around him there and get Sam Darnold, that that's a type of team that the way that they're rebuilding and they've been able to build good teams. I mean, they, they just really missed that quarterback with Blake Bortles. I think he's a guy that could play somewhere like there. And I also think that the Minnesota Vikings could be one of those teams. Because it's clear that Kirk is not going to be the answer. He's not going to lo- the answer long term for this team. And his best years have to be behind him at this point, right? You have a young receiver. Kirk Cousins is best. You think he's going to have a better year than he had the last couple years in statistically? Probably. Probably. Or in no. Washington. I think
1: that they paid him enough that they want him to be the guy there for
0: another at least two years. But eventually you gotta be real with yourself, don't you? Yeah, but I don't think
1: that the Vikings. I don't think they've gotten to a place that they're that nervous
0: and that scared. I'm just saying if they go five and 11 this year and they're, they just traded Stefan Diggs already and they have a, a rookie receiver and this is the position that they could change and go younger and try to rebuild around, I wouldn't be surprised. Like is he like his best year? Was 2016 with Washington? He threw for 4,900 yards and 25 touchdowns. Kirk Cousins is not throwing for 4,900 yards again in his career. Probably 33. Not. He's a 33-year-old quarterback after this year. How many? Uh, let's see how long Kirk Cousins' contract. I know it's big. I just don't remember how many years off it is. And there's always the weird shit where teams can get out of it. Like team NFL teams can get out of any contract almost always. Oh yeah. So. I'm just saying that I wouldn't be. He signs through two more years. Yeah. Oh my god. 2022. <laughs> he has a 45 million dollar cap hit. Yeah. Four no, he, he's are going to cut, cut him much. before then. I, I don't. That, know. Right, so, so next year. So look at this. So 2021. Next year, he is a dead cap of 41. God damn it! Where is that? I'll take that out. At next year, he's at 41 million dead cap but the year after that he's only at 10 million they could save 35 million dollars by cutting him in 2022 so they're gonna cut him after next year like they're not gonna they're not gonna pay him 35 45 million dollars so trade for darnold and let him sit for a year <laughs> i don't even know i, guess I don't know if work Do- that but, well but Darnold's never looked good though because he has look at the team that I he's understand playing that. For. i understand
1: that but like you don't get rid of the guy that you're paying that much money
0: but they're if- gonna get rid of him if he's getting paid, if his dead cap is that much, if it's that much different than his cap hit, because, all right, so in his age 34 season, is Kirk Cousins giving you $45 million no, worth? 100% of not. Production, that's why I just think, it. I think that there's no way that they don't get rid of him by then. They should. I don't know. I just, I just feel bad for Sam Darnold. I want him to succeed somewhere. Atlanta, like maybe they get rid of Matt Ryan. They pick him up. I just think one of those teams that's not going to have, not going to have a chance at Fields or Trask or, Trevor Lawrence, is going to be looking at Darnold to pick up and give him a chance. That's all. And I hope he gets a chance somewhere. Maybe he's good. We'll um, see. The same thing for Dwayne Haskins. I don't think he's as good, though. That's the only problem. Dwayne Haskins has been playing with some of the worst football players that are in the
1: league. <laughs>
0: exactly. They're it's in the just, same boat. I, mean, I just think a Darnold's spade. a
1: little more talented than him, and that's why he's going to get. He is, but I think really Dwayne Haskins, if you look at like, just like, the physicality, yeah, has the potential to be a really – I mean, he passes – like I've said, he passes the eye test. Like He looks like an NFL quarterback with none of the skills. See, <laughs> that's, that's his problem. Yeah. And I think that if – he just needs more reps. He needs to get better. And like I said before we started recording, he's the one who's hurting the most by not having OTAs or preseason. He's yeah. getting
0: killed. Because he doesn't. Yeah, young quarterbacks just need to be on the field, getting getting throws in, getting film yeah. down. Like, yeah, he miss you tell that him, you development. Tell
1: you, call it so that'll be it'll be two full games. If he gets one half in each preseason game, call it that's that's two full games, right? Mm-hmm. So let's just think like if he had that, even I think he would be twice as good. Maybe I mean yeah. just like just being familiar with it and then having maybe some semblance of an offensive line and maybe someone to throw to would be beneficial. But no, let's go with Kyle Allen. He'll figure it out. He's going to look way better in the
0: system. It's uh, uh, typical Washington football team behavior, honestly. And I thought that it was going to be different when Ron Rivera showed up because I I liked him a lot in Carolina. But when you end up on fo- with the football team, you end up doing football team things. And uh, I think Dan Snyder just infects you. Yeah, I It really is. It's a toxic-ass team, and this is how you end up. And I feel bad for Dwayne Haskins because, I mean, at least with Darnold, you've seen him for two and a half years now, and that's what the conclusion they've come to, even though they've built a horrible team around him, whatever. That's the conclusion they came to, that he wasn't proper. Yeah, Haskins didn't even start at the beginning of last year. Like, this dude is not even – he's barely – Played a full rookie season, and his second, and so it's just not even. It's not even a prop. Like it's not fair. everybody, everybody wants, everybody wants quarterbacks to be good right away, and it was never the, it was never the norm. Like ten years ago, people would wait, people would sit. It takes a while for some of these guys. It's really hard to it's play like quarterback with, in the NFL. Like with the Buffalo Bills quarterback Josh Allen, like look at like development is a thing that can still happen. Like it, there's that not, not every dude's Patrick Mahomes and comes into the league and lights it on fire. No. Like, it's just not. It's you're asking process. way too much of these guys, I think sometimes. And what do they have to lose? Like you're gonna put okay, you put Kyle Allen in, like you're gonna just lose the same amount of games. What do you have to lose at looking at this dude for the whole year? You know, Ron Rivera knows what he's gonna get in Kyle Allen. It's I not mean, like he's on the hot. He just got there. He's not on the yeah. Haas, I just don't get it. And, I, and and maybe it's just maybe it's his attitude. Maybe there's something in the lot. Maybe he just is like not. Maybe he doesn't do put the work in that he's supposed to. Like that's not something we would know, but. That could be the only thing I could think of that it was just be it's just a weird move to me, it's just really weird, especially only four games in. It's just really weird. Yeah. I mean Dan Orlovsky
1: said it on ESPN today that he said that he just doesn't look ready. He doesn't look like he had the reps, he doesn't look like he's prepared. He I mean Dwayne has maybe this, that's
0: him though. Maybe that's partly him, like he's not doing it might the right be, because thing. I mean he that, and it's a toxic organization who and maybe he hasn't had some like of the show worst the ropes It's the worst possible scenario for him. Mm-hmm. It would have been much better if he got selected in New York, and even though that's not a great situation either, I just think they would have given him the time and patience more that more than Washington 100%. was ever willing to do. So, but, but we should talk about the best game of the week. Is that your three and Cleveland one? Browns Cleveland Browns playing. It was. What, what game was better than this game? No, I I, I told you. I told you before last week and all day, all weekend that I was so excited for Brown's Cowboys. I was going to be electric, and it was absolutely electric. Let the record show I never get excited for Brown's
1: games because I'm always (laughs) ready to be disappointed. I've seen this team lose too many games and never be able to hang in a shootout. And we hung around in a shootout. I was absolutely baffled. I think that and did it by running the ball. Running the ball so well. And that's that's Stefanski 110. percent Stefanski looks really good as the head coach, establishing the run, and we do motion on 52 percent of our plays, second in the NFL. Learned that today on ESPN, and we just look like that's that has to be the base of our offense is doing play action with Baker because mm-hmm. Baker only put up, let me find it, 165 yards, and is currently I believe fifth in QBR for the season. Of everyone. That's beautiful. He's just behind Josh Allen. That, I think. That's beautiful. That's what Baker
0: needs to You do. just need. You the, the can't biggest, make him do too much. The biggest the best thing, throw of the day was Jarvis. I'm sorry. I, 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 yeah, no, I 100% <laughs> thought the same thing. I said Jarvis' arm looked better than
1: Baker's. But I think that seeing that Baker isn't the cap for the offense is the biggest reassurance I've seen ever. I need that. I need to know that like Baker Mayfield isn't the guy who's going to limit the offense. And he clearly wasn't, there's enough creativity around the board that we didn't,
0: we don't need Baker Mayfield to put up 300 plus yards every game. Well, you know, what helps is that the offensive line is good finally. And like you guys have invested into that position and that group unit. And it shows because you could, Dearness Johnson had 95 yards I didn't even know who that dude was before Sunday but the holes for him were they're wide open like any I could run I could get 10 yards of carry on those like some of those plays and they're just making it so easy for the running backs and when you can do that and set up Baker for those play actions those moving the pocket everything we've talked about The thing is when you when you run those play
1: actions I think that you you can disguise your run and disguise your passes so well that like you can confuse defenses pretty easily. No one knows what you're doing. No yeah, one knows exactly. what's coming every play. Exactly. And I think yeah. that that's the biggest thing is just keeping the defense guessing because they don't know what's going to happen. Nope. It's a, reactive, it's a reactive game if you're on defense.
0: No, and it's, it's, I don't it's been smart. The, the, the wor- thing that still worries you is the defense, but you knew that the, the Cowboys offense is like the best, the most high-powered in the league. So yeah, I the mean, points we, were gonna we come going to We knew going into game. this that both these defenses were going to be horrible. Yeah, we knew it was going to be a shootout. The worst Never. part of this was that Nick
1: Chubb got hurt and is on the IR, and it sounds like it's going to be a six-week at least injury. Mm-hmm. Sucks for my on, fantasy team too. On the positive side, we have Cream Hunt who could start on probably most teams. And
0: De'arnest Johnson. What do you mean? Dearness is the star apparently. Thirteen for ninety-five in his in that game. Like they got. Be- it doesn't matter who the running back is because the like the line is so good. But these apparently they can develop running backs because. These guys are playing out of their minds. Yeah.
1: So I think, yeah. And having, I think having Kareem Hunt to like bolster the running back position is what you need now because Cl- like, oh, just having Nick Chubb out hurts so bad. It hurts. But just, yeah, he like, can put up like, he can carry the ball. So like so many times throughout a game. And it's the guy that you want to be carrying. He, he should be your primary guy mm-hmm. who's just banging between tackles and just running the ball. Yeah. Between the tackles. And Kareem Hunt's more, I think, agile. But Terenis Johnson looked really good, too. He looks like he runs... He's explosive, kind of. He runs. shifty. Yeah, but he, yeah, he runs slow uh-huh. in a good way.
0: Yeah. The like same way patient. that you would
1: say... I mean, he's not as good as Le'Veon Bell, but the same way that like, everyone used to talk about yeah. Le'Veon Bell running slow behind the line and just waiting to explode. Mm-hmm. He looked like he ran like that. That's also against one of the worst defenses in the league, so let's not get
0: ahead of ourselves. Well, that's what I was going to say. And we'll talk... the This week... The, honestly the biggest four o'clock game this week because it's dolphins niners colts browns and giants cowboys like that colts browns is the best game of that four o'clock window it's probably not going to be i'm sure giants cowboys is the national game but i mean that's a real defense though that they're going to face this week the colts have been good and so it'll be a test to see yeah, no colts one about, of the best defenses in the league especially against the run so like it'll it's going to be fun to see who what comes out on top there and what happens in that game but because especially with that game like even if they can't run the ball as well as they did last week it's not like Philip Rivers is going to come in there and fucking sling that thing around like that game's going to be that that game's going to be i think a more defensive gritty kind of game which i think plays into cleveland's favor because they can just run the ball better than the colts can we're going to find out. I'm excited to see what happens in that game. It'll be fun. It, you've got to be a little bit excited for a chance to go four and one. Anytime, anytime you're right three and one, you should be excited. Yeah. And that's it. That's a good game. That's a big game. I mean, that would be a great win to cap off the, that last three, because the last three, I mean, being the Bengals and football team, aren't as impressive. Beating the Cowboys on the road is always a big deal, even though that team is, forever this, team. I mean, yeah, that's a big game. And you, they go, it's, it's at the Steelers next week too. After this Indy game, so you'd much rather go into that Pittsburgh game feeling good at four and one, not coming off a loss. That's, yeah, and that's I think especially, sir, sure. if the Browns go one and one against the Steelers this year,
1: we actually—I hate to say it—but we have a chance to win. Like we won't win the division,
0: I don't think. But we, we have a solid chance to win. You got to find those layoffs. You got to find those wins, right? You steal yeah. one against Pittsburgh. That's that's a big win to steal. Because you are got to find them wherever you can. Because look, they're 3-1 right now, and I'm looking at their schedule right now, and they've got games left. These are winnable games. I'm going to just pop out here because the rest of these games are tough. But Cincy, at Cincy, home to Vegas, home to Houston, at Jacksonville, and both New York teams on the road. That's six very winnable games right there. Those are all six games I think they should win.
1: Oh, I count Maybe out at
0: least nine that we should win. You got it. Total, total, total. Oh, uh, philly's in there too. So seven. So yeah. So like that's that get that's a path seven. If you win six of the seven of those games, that's nine nine ten wins right there, and that's without counting if you pull an upset against Pittsburgh against Baltimore, and that's it. But it's exciting to be a Browns fan. It's an easy schedule. It's an easier schedule, and it should be uh, it should be fun, man. I'm excited for that game on Sunday afternoon. That's gonna be a it's gonna be a fun game in Cleveland. We'll be tested for sure. Um, so the other game in the four o'clock window this week that uh, we didn't talk about, the other two games were absolutely terrible. This game wasn't, it wasn't the barn burner of last week for the Buffalo bills, but it was still a much better, better played football game. Than those other ones, the bills came out on top 32 23. Um, I think it was just, uh, I, I was, I was ha- obviously happy with the win. Um, I think the thing I was just most impressed with is that's just a game that good teams go win, just go on the road against a team. Not that the Raiders are anything special, but a, not a bad team. And they just went on the road and basically handled business and controlled the game from the start. Um, Josh Allen, 288, two touchdowns. Can't really be mad about that. Stefan Diggs, 115 yards, one of the craziest catches we'll see all year. I love. Stephon had. Diggs. I love. <laughs> it's Stephon it's Diggs. so much, dude. It's so much fun. That's really all the first four weeks. That's the most thing I can say is that Stephon Diggs is just so much fun to watch play football. The combination of Diggs and Allen and just all those receivers is just they're they're just loaded. <laughs> like they really are. And it, I mean, Josh has been playing well, but they're those dudes are just always going to be open because they're all dangerous. And whoever's going to be open, he's going to be able to find and put it right on the right on the money for them. Um, so yeah, it was it was just a good. Good road win. The Raiders are about it. What I expected as a football team, they're good, but they're not spectacular. Running Derek I, I, Carr is good, not spectacular. Yeah, and I shit on the Raiders a lot, but I think the Raiders are legitimately pretty. Like they're a pretty good football team, mm-hmm. and I think they're limited by Carr. He's he's good, but he he's not going to get you over the hump in these types of games. No, no, hundred percent not. I don't I don't think that he's he's not the guy. Mm-hmm. He's good. He's good enough to never lose his job. Which and he's is, good enough to put up good stats and everything. But like it's the big moments of the game where it's like, is can Derek Carr pull through? And he doesn't pull through a lot of those times. Yeah. And sometimes it just happens like that, man.
1: Yeah. But no, the Bills,
0: once again, looking good. And I think the like, First time actually... 4-0 since 08. What happened in 08? Um, Trent Edwards. No. Was this? Yes. Trent Edwards, the quarterback, got a concussion in the fourth game that they won and was never the same after that. The Bills lost to the Browns 8 nothing that year, actually. I remember this vividly. The other night I was watching uh – we were watching, I think we were watching the Yankee game, the ALDS, and we were sitting there talking about Browns-Bills, and I was like, I remember that game, and I watched the entire highlights from NFL on YouTube, and my friend sitting next to me says, like, are you getting re-mad about watching this game? And I was like, yes, because the Bills lost 8 nothing, blew that game completely, and I was like, you just have to appreciate those horrible, horrible moments to be happy that where they are at. Uh, now, Oh, 100 percent. You, know? 100%. you only, I remember the zero and sixteen season? I know year. exactly. You, like you got to relive it. Like it's it's not it's it's pain that's necessary to be happy about your team now.
1: Yeah, you know, if the, if the Brown season ended right now and we lost out the rest of our games, you'd have three more, more wins than the zero and sixteen year. <laughs> yeah, go three. It and can 30s, always be worse.
0: Be yeah, it can always be. We kept a guy exactly. who only
1: won two games his entire career at being a coach, and Hugh Jackson. Exactly.
0: Yeah, Pain. Yeah, he was. Yeah. So, but in better news, I mean, yeah, four and O is it's good. They're looking to go five and O for the first time since '91, which was a Super Bowl year. So, exciting times. Now onto our preview for this week. I'm not going to give a big preview because I don't think this game's going to happen <laughs> because there were two more positive COVID tests for the Titans today. Um, they got found out. Apparently, they were holding. Team meetups while they were not supposed to be together. What and the fuck I, is Vrabel doing? I don't. That's the
1: question that we all need to ask. Is I just don't think that he, I think that he loves football so much that he doesn't even
0: think about the potential effects of coronavirus. I think that he. Just <laughs> you know where, and you know where the one of the worst cities to try to not go out and do anything is Nashville, Tennessee. Here, <laughs> Nashville. Nashville has not done COVID restrictions don't exist there. They, Nashville is still as crazy as you want it to be on any given night. And I'm sure that there is at least one player who indulged in something of the sort, at least one. And that's yeah, probably and what I fucked just, it up. I just don't know if they're
1: taking it seriously enough. And there's mm-hmm. rumor. Apparently they, they could be,
0: they could have to forfeit the game. So but I heard I, on, saw that, I saw that saw that it wasn't yet. on the table yet. Yeah. Not yet. But they might just cancel it and so the Bills and Titans would only play fifteen games, I guess, and then they'd go from there, which would also be weird. I I don't know, man. I I don't think this game's happening. If it does, it's two undefeated teams. It's probably the biggest game of Sunday if they play. And I would give the edge to the Bills because the Titans are gonna there's no way they could focus to play a football game. They haven't even been in their no. facilities.
1: Yeah. And that's, and that's the weird <laughs> thing that I, and a little bit of me understands why Vrabel is having um, these practices is because to not practice for five days in the NFL. Yeah. I don't know how you stay fresh because it's really hard to stay in like in rhythm and stay, f- stay fresh. And yeah. I just think that he was looking for any little thing that he could do to stay fresh. Mm-hmm. And I think that maybe, you know, He learned something from Bill Belichick of just kind of skating around the rules, maybe, you know, not having the practice in the facility necessarily, but, Mm -hmm. you know, still hosting a practice. Yeah. It's a
0: skating the rules a little bit. It's. Hey, so let's talk about the games that we think are actually going to happen this week. Um, We'll start off in the early window. The. The. Best game I've got here. The, most, the one I'm looking forward to the most, the Kansas City Chiefs team we were just talking about. Hopefully that everything is all good there. Um, well, I guess we have to bring this up here too because the Raiders had a positive coronavirus test today too. So who knows about this game? But the underlying the early window, of this entire podcast will be coronavirus. <laughs> yeah, it's sad that I mean it, it, we knew it was coming and it kind of started last week with the Titan stuff. But this is a lot more. And that's why i worry about the that's the thing about the Bills too. They played the Raiders this week and this dude has COVID now. So now the Bills are gonna have to be on the lookout every day for it. I think week one and two of the NFL season got us a little too high on thinking that coronavirus didn't exist within the
1: NFL. <laughs> we were and just then we realized, perfect. Yeah. And then we realized that you know people can get coronavirus to play uh, football. And it sucks. Yeah, but I think that
0: fingers crossed, Chiefs so Raiders let's, play with uh, no Chiefs problems. Raiders. Chiefs Raiders, um, I've been... Mean, it's it's always a big game. Chiefs Raiders has always been just a classic. It's a classic matchup between those two teams, and it's the first spin on it with Vegas instead of Oakland. Um, yeah, no, it'll and, be exciting. And I think that the funniest
1: thing out of anyone playing the Chiefs is that you can. And I hate to say it, but I think you can have moral victories against the Chiefs, where you come away and saying, well, "We only we held them to under thirty points. Mm-hmm.
0: That's a win." <laughs> yep, and it definitely made 30. the Pats feel good. I think that defense the other night. Oh, a hundred percent. Especially when you don't have Cam
1: Newton playing, we already said that, but I think that if the Raiders can just keep up, I don't think, I don't see them winning this game in any a, at all. Maybe they do. That'd be crazy. But I think that the chiefs are probably going to beat them. The chiefs, if, you, if they get held to under 30, I'd be surprised. But yeah. if they do, then good for the Raiders.
0: Yeah. I think this is a chiefs bounce back game for sure. Um, the Raiders' defense, from what I saw last week, especially against the Bills and the week before against the Patriots, they're very susceptible to get blown up on, especially on big pass plays. The Chiefs are going to have a field day at home with them. Um, but if the Raiders can put up a fight, I mean, they're still they were they're two and two. Chiefs are four and four and zero. Oh. That's the only other real fight that they have in that division. I mean, I guess the chargers have looked a little better with Herbert, but I don't, I expect them to fall off a little bit towards the end of the year. So we'll see with that another big game in the early window is the battle for Pennsylvania as the Philadelphia, I almost said 76ers, the Philadelphia Eagles will travel West to Pittsburgh and face off with the Steelers. The Eagles are, I don't think they have a chance. (laughs) <laughs> I,
1: don't have a, I don't think they have a chance in hell to be the like Steelers' defense. The Steelers oh. had also had two weeks of rest, mm-hmm. which I feel like on defense is huge. You know, there's not really if if it was. I'm not even worried about the Steelers' offense. Really, the Steelers' defense is going to be so fresh, yeah, that I don't think that the Eagles really stand a chance. I think also that if the Steelers' deep offense looks just if they look like they're playing at 80%, they're still going to beat the Eagles. Mm-hmm. And I just don't believe in Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz isn't...
0: This isn't the week that we're going to believe any more in Carson Wentz. No, not against this defense. Not the way that they looked. I mean, we saw how they looked at, against a good defense last week, and they it wasn't great against the Niners, and the Niners have a lot of injuries. This is a fully loaded... Steelers defense Which I think rush it'll rush. be a game I think it'll be a game because I think the Eagles are still in that kind of desperation mode and they they kind of clicked on Sunday I guess I, I don't know I just think rivalry games they look, especially, decent. Like, they, look they, 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 did, they they did look good on Sunday these teams don't play a lot but they'll they get up for this game because it's a in-state rivalry Pittsburgh Philly thing like it'll be a fun game but I'm with you like I think like 28 20 maybe something like that the Steelers will end up coming away with it in uh, the big Sunday night football matchup, Kurt Cousins, everybody's favorite quarterback, Kurt Cousins, goes on the road to face Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, Minnesota is two, three games back of the Packers, two games back of the Bears, in the NFC North. And this is as much of a must-win as you can have, like last week was and this week is again. Try to get back. Do you see any scenario in which the Minnesota Vikings upset the Seattle Seahawks in this game? Okay, so I don't think that the
1: Vikings are going to upset the Seattle Seahawks, but I do think that we're going to see similar stat lines other than rushing from – this is going to sound so stupid – from Kirk Cousins that we're going to see from Russell Wilson. I yeah. think the Seahawks DBs are so bad, and I think that they're going to get it together. I think they're going to sign someone at midseason. They have to. But I think – I really could see them having similar passing stats. I don't, Adam Thielen's a really good running a receiver that I, I think a lot of people just forget about Dalvin cook is going to have his day with the Seahawks defense. And like you said, I think the Vikings are in absolute desperation mode where they need to get a win. And I don't think it's against the Seahawks offense, but against the defense, they could easily come out on top of this, which mm-hmm. sounds it's once again, that's, it sounds stupid to say but if there was going to be an upset this week I think that we're looking
0: at it right there. They need to win a game against the a Seahawks lot more kinda, than Seattle. The Seahawks kind of looked like that and they last week too like they wanted to like like that was a weird game in Miami like they didn't weren't sharp and everything. And we're and no. that's the thing about the Seahawks is we see those performances sometimes that you're talking about like where they slip up and lose a game that they shouldn't. And the the Vikings are desperate man. I mean Mike Zimmer he can't a, feel. I, I think good, he's a good, right? good coach. I think. I team think team. he's a good coach, but he can't feel good about this team right now. The way that they're playing, they really need to. And it's going to start with Dalvin Cook. Like, just that dude needs to like have a turn it back to last year performance in this game for them to win. I think. I think that they they looked a lot better last week. They and even the week before, I know that they blew that game, but they still didn't look bad. As bad, um, maybe they're trying to figure some stuff out or starting to figure some stuff out especially after you know it's so it's just so weird because there was no preseason for all these teams and i think exactly the first couple weeks has just been so hard to tell like we can tell what teams are good the good teams are good like we can tell know that but these middle team middling teams that are like hanging around 500 we really don't have an idea yet because the preseason's done now basically it's worth four through four weeks this is essentially week one it's not week one because four actual games have happened but in regular body like players minds like the way that they function in an NFL season this is the week one so now we have a little snapshot of what these teams are they should be and be improving only improving you know what I mean unless you're a shit show team and I don't think the Vikings are a shit show team I think that no. they're still a good team
1: yeah and I like I said I just don't see the Seahawks <laughs> defense really doing anything spectacular I, I hope they put it together but I don't I don't think they will and I think the if the Vikings defense is gets a few stops on Russell Wilson, I think this game kind of turns into something a lot more interesting. Yeah. But that's a big if because I think that Russell Wilson is obviously on his, I mean, everyone around the league is saying that he's, he's the MVP. like He's the yeah. number one guy right now. Um, and he's going to be hard to slow down. But if the Vikings can just find a few stops, just stop a few drives of his,
0: they might be in this game. Yeah. This might be a ball game. Yeah, I that and that's a big if, right? A hundred percent. Russell, Russell Wilson is up,
1: everyone let Russ cook. Everyone says we, it.
0: But with this Vikings team, if they play like they did the last, last week and everything, like they can make it a game for sure. I've got I've got Seahawks thirty five twenty four. I think that's about the range we're gonna look at. Yeah. Sounds about right to me. I think lower maybe. Yeah, a little lower. I don't know if the Seahawks break thirty. Maybe not. I think that their offense is maybe too good, but maybe I just want an exciting Sunday night football game after last week. Cause it was last week was tough to watch. Yeah. <laughs> no, it'll be fun to watch. <laughs> it'll be fun to watch. All right. So that does it for this week's episode of couch quarterbacks. Follow us on Twitter at couch underscore QVs. Don't forget to subscribe and review this podcast on Apple podcast and enjoy week five. And hopefully we get a lot of games. More football is always good. More football.